Joe, we're right using this song. Um, I've been reading Psalms um, when my children be quiet and listen. <laughs> uh, or leave me alone, even. Um, and uh, this week, I got to the 130s. Um, and something that... Um, God has been showing me over the last few weeks really is to um, be who be who I am in him so it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter what you say actually it doesn't matter um, well it does matter but it's, it's not um, the most important part, the most important part is to be confident in who God made you to be um, and it's something that I did with the girls actually last year at MLG um, but I came it was in my readings this week, and it's Psalm 139. Um, and I'm just going to read it, and then um, I haven't got a lot to say about it really, but it's something that's really spoken to me, and it's reminded me actually that God is in control, God is over everything that you come across, and He knows everything about you, He knows how many hairs are on your head, and all of those things. And actually, it's quite encouraging to know that we've got a kind of safety net if we're doing what God wants us to do and we're listening and we're where God wants us to be, then it's kind of, um, yeah, it's kind of like a safety dinghy when you're out at sea that you're, you're safe in. Um, so it's Psalm 139. Uh, Lord, you know everything that there is to know about me. You perceive every mo- movement of my heart and soul and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I am about to speak, even before I start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me. To spare me from the harm of my past, with your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It is impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me, for your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day. There is no difference between the two. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvellously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who... You created me to be before I, came, before I became me. Before I'd even seen the light of day, the numbers of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. O God, come and slay those bloodthirsty, murderous men, for I cry out, depart from me, you wicked ones. See how they blaspheme your sacred name and lift up themselves against you, but all in vain. Lord, can't you see how I despise those who despise you? For I grieve when I see them rise up against you. 
I have nothing but complete hatred and disgust for them. Your enemies shall be my enemies. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me and put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. So it's quite long and there's quite a lot in it. And normally when people read it, they stop about verse... Uh, where is it? About verse 18, when it stops being all nice and lovey-dovey. Um, but this last section is the section that actually has the most... It's the important part because the first half of it, God's saying he loves us anyway, he knows every single thing about us, he's our, he's our safety net, he knows how many hairs are on our head. Um, but this last bit is the challenge um, and t- I, what Tim said this morning, um, what he brought in the worship, that um, we have to let go of some stuff to, to move on with God. And it's kind of the same of when we invite God to search into our hearts and examine us through and through. Um, and this, this version says, put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. And the word, the word anxious, it really struck with me because all humans have anxieties about different things. Some of them are big and some of them are small. But everyone has anxieties. And... Um, It just, that's the one that struck me because actually God is testing me and my anxiety is to be needed. One of my anxieties is to be needed by people. So if I don't feel needed, that's what makes me anxious. And actually that's what God's been working in me the last few months in that actually I don't need to be needed. And God doesn't need me. God wants me, but he doesn't need me. He doesn't need me to do anything. And so that was the main the main thing that I took from the last bit. So, um, just encouraging, really. We carry the imprint of our designer. His signature and personality are pressed into our soul. So, I read somewhere, and someone did a summary sentence, which was, enjoy the pleasure of a life designed by God. If we're in the designed life that God has made for us, then actually you've got your safety net and a hope in him. Thank you. Who'd like to go next? Message, but um, in the light of what's gone on today, I've, I've just decided to come up here because um, Lord's been showing me certain things, and uh, this might seem very basic to some of you, but I want to talk about a man called Nicodemus in the Bible and you can read about Nicodemus in um, John chapter 3 he he was a Pharisee Um, he was a member of the ruling council Um, he was a very learned man and he came to Jesus by night and Nicodemus you you might not not know but he was one of the ones who um, before Jesus was crucified, he, he actually said to the uh, ruling council that you can't um, you can't you can't um, execute a man without him having a trial. <clears throat> and later on, he was one of the ones who 
actually put the spices and came to uh, dress Jesus up at his burial. Um, <clears throat> Nicodemus came to Jesus and um, Jesus said some, some things to him that maybe some of you don't even understand, um, who don't really know God. Um, and I just want to share these, these thoughts with you. Um, Jesus... <clears throat> Um, replying to, to him, um, Nicodemus said, Rabbi, we know that you are our teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. You know, that's a very strange, strange thing to say, really. Um, and Nicodemus uh, replied in, in a way probably most of us would reply. He, he, he said, um, surely um, somebody can't enter in a second time to his mother's womb uh, to be born. And Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So what, what does this mean? What does this mean? Um, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. And uh, there's many people who come to church and go to churches... Um, and they can't see this, um, this kingdom he's talking about because they're not born again. Um, in, the, in the book of Ezekiel in, in the Old Testament, <coughs> looking forward, the prophet said, um, this is referring to Jesus, I will take away your heart of stone and I will replace it with a heart of flesh um, and I will put my spirit within you. <coughs> And really, that really um, sums up really what Jesus is talking about um, about being born again. He takes away a heart of stone. We're all, we've all, before we were born again, any any one of us would have had a heart of stone, and it'd been possible to penetrate. If you know water, it will not penetrate stone. Um, but a, a fleshy heart, a fleshy heart um, is is you can work with it and, and Jesus is saying I cannot work with you unless you're born again and this is a time remember I mean this is before the crucifixion uh, Nicodemus couldn't have been born again at that time because Jesus hadn't been crucified he hadn't been put in the ground um, and he hadn't resurrected but this is what Jesus was foretelling and um, I just want to I just want to say to you this morning, if you never had the realisation of who God really is, you, you will not do it. It doesn't matter if you learn it, it doesn't matter. And if, even if you come to Jesus, your eyes need to be open and he is the only one who can open your eyes. And um, this morning, if, if you really, really, really want to know Jesus, you want to know Jesus as your God, you want to know him as your saviour, you have to come to this place, this place of the cross, and um, just confess him. Confess to him that you need him. Um, 
You need your sins washed away. You need Christ to come into your heart, into your soft heart that's been renewed. Um, he will do that this morning. And if you're unsure of your salvation, um, God really wants to touch your heart this morning. And you cannot deny what the Spirit has been saying here this morning. Um, he wants to have a relationship with each one of us. Um, and I just urge you this morning, before this meeting ends, that you um, approach one of the elders of the church and just say, I need this Jesus who you're talking about. And um, the, one, the one we sing about, the one we rejoice in, the one that has set us free from all our past. And um, yeah, that's, that's it. It's, it's not really um, anything that God's shown me in the Bible, but something that happened this week. I think you've all seen on the uh, WhatsApp prayer group uh, I mentioned about Chloe and her family. Um, now, for us, we didn't expect that to happen at all. Um, Chloe's been in Lydia's class for five years, um, and we've known her all the time, and really nothing ever happened. Lydia was just friends with her, but we never were in contact with the family. And Lydia decided she wanted Chloe to come last week to the community picnic and invited her. And I think what it showed me is that um, God has his timings with people. And probably if we had asked her three years to come to something, her dad or her mum would not have been open to let her come. And um, when we were on the playground Friday, um, I was taking Lydia and another friend to Kids Rock. And I just felt God tell me, like, just tell Lydia that if Chloe wants to come, we will take her. So Lydia went off to Chloe and do you want to come? And Chloe went to her dad. The dad rang the mum. And by the time we walked to the gate, Chloe was coming. And all it was, was I felt God tell me, like, just offer her the opportunity to come to Kids Rock. That's all. Uh, it wasn't like a big light bulb. It wasn't God uh, telling me anything in my prayer time or whilst reading the Bible. It was just that one moment, like a second. And, um, yeah, I just want to encourage you that, you know, when all the people that you know, just keep praying for them, keep walking with them. And when the time is right, just obey that one little thing that God puts in your heart. And that's how God uh, can work through us. I've got two children. Uh, the eldest one is uh, 33, the youngest one 31. When he was the baby, the youngest one, uh, he was the nice baby, nothing happened, and one day he becoming sick. Doctor doesn't know what is it. I asked it to the doctor, and I gave him a calpo, gave him a calpo. I gave him cuddle, but he was so tired, so sleeping, so the other doctor came and said, I'm sorry, I don't know, but he must go to the hospital. Hospital tried to do a test, and they doesn't know what is it. And they take a puncture from the back to check if they flew it. And uh, what they found, uh, he started bleeding so badly, and uh, they find out he got a block digestive. So one hospital doesn't want to do it at Brook Hospital at Woolwich, so they sent him to King's College. 
and the doctor tried to take him to the operation. And the operation, they said, okay, we just wait with everything is fine. For the next day, I come to see my baby and his belly becoming so big. All the intestine, all the things, they said, he needs another operation. I just say, please God, I must, there's a chapel around here. And I went to the, I just say, few minutes, I just ran to the chapel and started praying. Just say, please, he's just too young, he's just three months old, please save him. They come back, and the doctor looked at me, he said, everything is fine. We don't know how it's happened, I just say, ask upstairs. And uh, this is what, uh, if you pray a lot, the God listen, they never give up. This is what has happened to my younger son, and I would like to share with you. Yeah. That is a real encouragement as we look to pray for, for Jason's baby, Gideon, in a, in a week's time. That really, he needs the Lord's hand over his life to do something amazing. Amen. Anyone else? Ciao. Hi. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share something that um, I had in my heart a bit on Monday. Uh, funny enough, I forgot it was um, me leading the prayer meeting. But <laughs> the previous few days, um, when Simon asked me, I, I began to think about um, what what should I share. And um, there's a few things that I've been thinking about a lot. And um, as my wife knows, I am someone that sometimes overthinks um, things a lot, a lot, way too much. Um, but sometimes I think this is perhaps um, a good quality that's badly put, put to bad use. So I think if you, if you do think about the things of God a lot, actually you, you extract a lot out of it. And um, I basically began to think a lot about going to India. And um, it's what I share, uh, uh, you know, a few other things. But I've been thinking a lot recently about um, fear of the unknown um, and... Um, and how we react as you know um, as individuals when we are confronted with fear of of what we don't know could happen you know um, most of us just sort of shut into a little shell become become hedgehogs you know um, other people just walk away other people find excuses blame other people other people try to um, I don't know just 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 your natural childlike behavior when you're confronted with fear of you don't know what's going to happen and. I just, I just really want to encourage you that um, with God, you ought not to worry about what's going to happen to you, because He really, He really cares for you. He, He will take care of you, and you will be okay. And, and the things that God, God will let you go through are things that will benefit you. It, it sounds really cliche, but it is true. God really cares for each and one of us. And, and if you're struggling with money financially or with work or I don't know, neighbors or people at work, situations with health or, you know, God knows that and he is there with you. You know, I mean, I did pray for people. I asked for prayer at the prayer meeting because um, as I kept cycling to work, I began to feel like a little pain in my hip and I'm like, God, you know, why am I got pain in my hip? And, and I don't know the answer. 
but I know that God cares for me and uh, he will really look after me. Um, so I just really want to share that, you know, if you want to see God in your life, if you really want to, um, you know, have a testimony that it is your testimony, that you truly know God's done something in your life, um, take, take that bold step of faith to do something for God and he will not let you down. And, and that's what really was in my mind about going to India last year because I was sharing on, on Monday that it took, it took me four years of, of wishing I could go to India to actually say, I'd like to go this time. I didn't know how it was going to all work out. I just had no idea. I certainly didn't have any money. But I just said, I just want to do it. I just want to do it. And, and I want people to know that I want to do it. And I was going to look like a fool for sure. And, and even, even maybe about two weeks before the trip, I still was ready to say, sorry guys for wasting your time, but I don't think I can do it. But God made it happen. So um, I just want you to be encouraged not to be afraid if you don't know um, what the future holds. Or if you, if you think, oh, we've got a situation, what's going to happen, what are we going to do about it? Just like, trust the Lord, he's in control of everything. All right, guys? Amen. Next channel. Anyone else? Go yeah, once, twice. Cool. Speaking next week, so I don't want to be long. Um, just one verse. <clears throat> Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. And it's just that sometimes we can think what we do is in vain, because you can do things and you don't see any fruit. Um, I did a men's breakfast in October last year. I did share this at house group, where quite a number of guys came, but there was no follow-up, there was no fruit, and I thought, well, that was nice, but no, no fruit. Um, but then we're doing Soul Man at the moment, and there's a guy that's coming on that who came to that breakfast, and he said that breakfast really, really spoke to him. Now, I had no clue that this guy called Jeff, not, not this Jeff, another Jeff, another Jeff, um, he, he said it really, really spoke to him a lot, and it stuck with him for nearly a year. And now, I had no clue. The reason I'm sharing that with you is that you can do things and you can think, where did that go? But you don't know. You really don't know, and you could be absolutely blind to something that God's done in someone, and you could think, why did I meet that person, and then they've gone off the rail? You, you don't know. And sometimes I feel we're part of a tag team with God. You know, we, we, we're kind of part of a tag race. You go, you do something, and then it's out of your hands. But God, it's not in vain, is what I'm trying to say. So when you feel like giving up, and think, what is the point with that person? They're driving me around. Just, do be, just be faithful. And I've, I've sometimes believed the lie that it is in vain. And it makes you think, oh, there's no point seeing that person. We had our cousin visit yesterday from uh, East Grinstead. He doesn't, you don't know him, but... And he's incredibly intellectual, and he thinks the gospel is silly because it's too simple. But yesterday he said to us, I really want to keep meeting you more and more. I want, to, I want another appointment with you guys. And that came from him. So just encourage you to not think anything you do is in vain. Just keep, keep at it, be faithful. Thanks, Simon. Who else? Tim, do you want to come on? 
Um, I, I love I love it when we do this um, because I think one of the things that we really believe as a church is that God just doesn't speak through special people at the front, um, but God speaks through ordinary people. Um, and through what you're going through in your life is often something that God can use to encourage other people. Um, and so we really want to, um, you know, I, I really believe in encouraging people to do this more um, and to share what God's put on their heart. And so it's great. Um, I, I just want to share something really, just not, not very long with you this morning, but just something that I feel that God has placed in my heart that um, will hopefully encourage you. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about is the difference between rights and responsibilities, right? So anyone that's got children will discover that they are acutely aware of their rights yeah okay and they are very interested in their rights right my children right you you look after kids don't you right okay my children feel that they have a human right as declared by the eu right that they are allowed to play the xbox right that is their human right that anyone that, that prevents them from playing the xbox is somehow demeaning their value as humans because they are not fulfilling their right okay my children also have this belief right that uh, that they have the right to food on demand right it doesn't matter what the food is they come in from school it is their right to have that food is it just just me your children the same yeah right and if you say to them no 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 right, we have a rule one sweet thing uh, one kind of healthy thing yes they can have a chocolate biscuit and, a, and an apple or something like that you know woe betide you, you they, they attempt a second chocolate biscuit and of course that's terrible it's terribly unfair you're demeaning my ability it's my right to have that chocolate biscuit it doesn't matter that we've paid for it or whatever it's theirs it belongs to them um, sweets sweets are an absolute right okay if they see a sweet it must of course be theirs in this in this precise moment it is their right uh, to have that um, and I mean a classic was we, we uh, it was the end of term the kids did well in their little reports and whatever and so we took them out to creams you know creams in Orpington yeah right as a lovely isn't it really we spent it cost you a fortune right why on earth it now costs seven pounds 90 for an ice cream right okay so they're laughing all the way to the bank aren't they really creams right so we've spent this lovely we had this lovely kind of meal out you know when you say lovely it's lovely with kids so they're screaming and jumping up and down and you know by the end you just want to leave but it was lovely um, and you know we'd had this lovely privilege this lovely kind of thing and then we went to Sainsbury's because we had to buy some I think like some milk and of course they walked down the toy aisle and they were most upset they couldn't buy the three toys that they saw and we were just like you have just come from having a massive treat and you're now upset and angry with us because you cannot have something else that you want right because their life is defined by rights but the thing that my kids don't understand is that they are wealthier they are safer they are better educated and they are more privileged than virtually any other children in history. They're, you know, I mean, you know, John's been around a long, long time, right, okay? And probably, you know, the truth was when you were a kid, you didn't have as much money, did you, as our kids have now? You know, things were, you know, you talk about safety. You know, our kids are way safer now than they ever were, right? Uh, and we, we worry about them, but, you know, they are. And, you know, we have way more privilege and way more entitlement than we ever do. But what my kids don't understand is responsibility. That's something that my kids don't understand, right? So <clears throat> if you try and get my boys to clear away their plate at the end of a meal, you would think that they had been shot, right? Okay, or you would think that you were asking them to trek across a mountain. No, no, take that plate 
and that spoon and walk it the five yards it is to the sink, right? Okay, and we are working hard at this, and it is very challenging for them, right? It is also very challenging for them to understand that they need to clean their room, right? What do you mean I have to clean my room, right? Because you've emptied the box of toys all over the floor, and that's not how it's meant to be, is it? Right? And so you try and explain it to them, and of course it's awful, you're a terrible parent, you don't love them, you know, you're just, it's awful, maybe it's just my children, right? But, you know, um, <clears throat> we're trying to encourage them to put away their own washing. This is a big new step for us, okay? Right? So Helen folds the washing. The washing is an operation when you have children, right? Helen just spends her life doing washing, right? And it's not, and so the idea is, is that Helen folds it all up, and they should now, theoretically, take the washing from their pile downstairs and put it away upstairs in the cupboard. This is a big task. This is beyond them. Well, well beyond them, right? Okay. Um, and if they are required to do homework or help their brothers or help other people, they do not understand the concept of responsibility. But it is my job as a parent to teach them responsibility. If I do not teach my boys responsibility, they will grow up to be wieners, right? They will grow up to be the kind of men that are losers that you do not want to have in your church, in employment with you, or in friendship with you. Because what they will focus on their entire life is what they are entitled to. They will focus on their rights. But what we have to understand is that rights are, have to be taken in equal measure to responsibility. And we live in a rights-based society, right? Now, I, I watched a film yesterday, right, and it was called Hacksaw Ridge. Have you, some of you seen it? Can I just say, it is brutal, isn't it? It, is a hot, it made me cry. I don't cry very often, but it made me cry, right? Um, because, and do you know what made me cry? Was the sense there were these young men who were 18, 19, 20, that kind of age, who saw their responsibility as greater than their right. Their right to life was second to their responsibility to their fellow man. And they were willing to literally get, they were, I mean, they, they, Mel Gibson directed it. And what you discover, any film that Mel, Mel Gibson directs is just unbelievably gruesome, isn't it? It's just like, he just has to. But you see, we live, now we, I mean, you must have got, you know, those, those who have been around a bit longer would remember growing up in a society where responsibility was considered to be important. Right? We lived when, you know, like that's why my dad is very good at doing his duty, right? Because my grandparents understood if you were a post-war child, you know, um, there aren't, I don't think there are any post-war people here really, like children that were born out of that, that era. But if Joyce was here, she might remember it. But you, you had to do your duty. You didn't have, I mean, like, you know, there's the, you know, the rations thing. You remember? I mean, no, we don't say you remember. No, you don't remember. We don't remember. There were, imagine a point where, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, I've got to go up to the co-op and get whatever I fancy. It was a case if you had a card and you got a certain amount of food that was allocated to you because it was a responsibility to share around what people had. Our society has become completely, and because we've been fortunate enough to not have uh, periods of hardship, we have grown up and become children who believe that our rights far outweigh our responsibilities, right? So we have, and this is the sad thing, we live in a, a society where I have the right to choose whatever I want. I have the right to do whatever I please. I have the right to define my identity however I like, because it's all about me and my rights, me and my rights. 
And what we need to realise this morning, what I believe God wants to challenge us on this morning, is whether or not we as Christians have bought into that worldview. Because it is not a Christian worldview, it is a, it is a non-Christian worldview. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, what do you see? Jesus understood his responsibilities far more than he was willing to exercise his rights. Jesus had the right to have everybody bow down to him. He could have walked around and and made people bow down to him. That was his right. That is his right as God. He is the creator of the world. He made everything. He holds, it says, you and me together. You know, the thing that holds your atoms together, I believe, is the presence of Jesus. He had the right to demand everything from you and instead what he saw as his priority was not his rights but his responsibilities. And we need to realise that God wants to bring us into a position of understanding and living in our responsibilities, not in our rights. Now, we love the phrase, don't we, right? I am a child of God. God wants to make me a child. Who, wants to, who is a child of God? Yeah, amen. Who loves being a child of God? Right? Good parents will discipline their children. Right? My children know that they are loved, but they also are required to pick up stuff after themselves. That is being a good parent. Right? My job as a parent is to make my boys men. Right? Good men who understand responsibility. And we need to be very careful that we don't make God into the kind of God who's literally there to provide for our rights. Yeah, I have a right to be happy. I have a right to be loved. I have a right to do all those things. Right? The truth is actually you don't have a right at all before God really. Right? But we often live in this place of thinking, well, I'm a child of God and God therefore must let me do whatever I want and have whatever I want. Mm-mm. Wrong. Yeah, that is not right. That is not the place that God wants to bring you to. And I want us, if we can, to read um, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 10. And this is talking about being a son of God, right? Or a daughter. The Bible often uses the word son, but what it means is, you know, son and daughter, right? Hebrews 5, um, sorry, Hebrews 12, verses 5 to 10, right? And so it says in this, it says, My son... Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when being reproved. Do not be annoyed when you are told off by God. That's what he says, right? For the Lord, this is why we mustn't be upset when God deals with us in a tough manner. For the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. If I love my boys, and I do, I love them, they're away at the moment, up with Helen uh, visiting her mum and dad, and I miss my boys. I miss having them sit on my lap, right? But my job as a parent is to make them responsible, right? And if I love them, I will, it says, and he chastises, he tells off every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons, it says. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which we have all participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. If you don't receive the telling off of God from time to time, there's a good chance that you are not a son of God. It says you're an illegitimate child. Right? Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not be more subject to the Father of spirits and live? 
For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us, this is God, he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Right? For the moment, verse 11, right? For at the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but it later yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. God this morning might be required from time to time to tell you off. To discipline you, right? So how might that happen? Do you know it's very possible that God might make things hard for you? I want my kids, right, to grow up and be tough. So if you want your kids to be tough, you you set them challenges, don't you, that are difficult for them, right? You say to them, do this. So if I want my kids to learn to ride a bike, I keep doing it. And even though I know that they might fall off and hurt themselves, I keep making them do it, not because if they said, oh... I fell off, I'm going to stop. Then they'd never learn to ride a bike. But I've got to be prepared to push them to do something that they don't want to do, right? Because God wants to bring you into a place of being able to ride a bike spiritually. Yeah? So God will often teach you endurance by making things more difficult for you. How about this one? God will often humble you if you get a little bit big for your boots. Anyone, who, anyone who's got kids will know that from time to time, they do think themselves to be rather awesome, right, when they are not, right? Nathan, right, Reuben received a certificate this week for being good through the year, right? Well done, Reuben, clap, clap. But then the moment we're out, having gone out to celebrate how good he's been, he likes to rub it in his brother's faces, right? He's like, yeah... Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm the certificated one. I, and he couldn't call it, it was a certificate from the governors, right? But he kept saying it was from the government. Yeah, but I've got a certificate from the government, right? Governors, governors, right? Okay, not government, right? And he's, he's immediately, and so what you want to do as a parent, the moment your child gets like that, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, easy now, right? Okay, it's a certificate. Big deal, right? right? That's not going to get you a job in 20 years' time, right? You're not going to be able to walk into your interview or your university interview and go, well, when I was in year four, right, when I was in year three, I got like the governor's award. Like, who cares? It's really in a in big deal, right? It's good because it's making progress for him at this point. But if I let that go to his head, what happens? He's going to become inflated. He's going to think too much of himself. And it's ultimately going to be for his, his thing. You and I have the tendency to think too much of ourselves, right? doesn't matter if you struggle and you've had a difficult life. It is human nature. We will always think more of ourselves than we ought. It just flat out it is, right? You might think terribly about yourself in one part, but there will be another part you think amazing. you think the truth is you're pretty amazing, right? And from time to time, God wants to... Just gently, just give you a bit of a reminder about where you sit, right, in the grand cosmic hierarchy of his love, right? And, yeah, and that is God's purpose, to humble you and bring you back to that place. God will also try and keep you on track. You, God will try and keep you on track when your thinking gets, gets a bit wookie, right? 
I know that from time to time, my thinking about myself or about God or about the way things are becomes a little bit wooky, right? What I mean by that is that you start to think, yeah, oh, this is how things should operate, right? What we need to do is we should all be... Um, so I remember there was a point when really I thought, right, what it's all about, it's all about... Uh, I remember there was a point here in the church when we really used to think it was all about performance, you know? That was really important. We want to make everything super professional, right? And we tried and we failed, yeah and God gently said no no you know like that's not going to work you can try but it's not going to work but you know the thing about the discipline of the Lord is sometimes it's tough but it's never not loving I never come away from an experience with God right feeling like I've been beaten up right I never feel like God has dealt with me harshly he may have dealt with me toughly but he's never dealt with me harshly I never come out at the end of it feeling like I'm any less loved in fact actually the more we feel right a sense of love and if you are to really grow in God then God wants to bring you into a place of fulfilling your responsibilities God wants to make you a responsible person. You may not feel like you can have or hold much responsibility, but let me tell you, God wants to bring you to a place where you can carry other people on your shoulders. There may be, I believe there are people in this church that will carry churches on their shoulders. That's what we are working towards. Right? You carry other people's burdens. You'll be able to carry right, projects or, or whatever it might be. It might just be carrying something. But God wants to bring you into a place where you are responsible. Right? I, I, um, and this is the thing about responsibility. Right? Responsibility is necessary. Responsibility is hard work. And responsibility is doing your duty. Now, Aaron is not here this weekend. He's off having his uh, fifth wedding anniversary with Miriam. Slackers, right? Total slackers, right? But he, Miriam, for his something birthday, right, bought Aaron, right, uh, football tickets to go and watch Newcastle. Why on earth you would want to go and watch Newcastle is beyond me. But they, are, they were so committed to doing their responsibility that they drove up, right, on the Saturday, all the way to Newcastle to watch Newcastle play, which in itself I just think is... The, stupid why would you want to do that right but this is how committed he was to fulfilling his responsibility they drove halfway back slept over in a travel lodge got up at six o'clock the next morning when they're here by nine o'clock now they're not here so I can tell them that but to me that blessed me do you know why that blessed me because they are people that understand that their responsibility is greater than their right they could have said I had a right to a lovely weekend off and at times we you know we is right for us to have a weekend off right God wants to bring you into a place where you are responsible and carrying your duty. And often we love to use this idea, right, that calling is my, my calling. I don't feel called to that. Mm. Aaron could have said, I don't feel called to set up the tech, right? Joel could have said this morning, I don't feel called to set up the tech. I feel called to spend the morning seeking the Lord in prayer under the covers, right? Okay, but he didn't. He felt that he had a responsibility to do his duty and often we use calling as an excuse just to do what we want to do and not what we ought to do before the Lord and uh, uh, C.S. Lewis said uh, we want not so much a father in heaven as a grandfather in heaven whose plan for the universe is so that at the end of every day we can say and a good time was had by all we want a father who basically is like not really a father that teaches us and disciplines us and brings us into that position. We want a grandfather who just says, everything's going to be okay, you can do whatever you want. But this is, the, this is what I really want to get to you this morning. If you are to fulfil your responsibilities, it is tiring. It's hard work, 
right? You're battling against an age and an era when everybody else around you will be doing what they feel they want to do and fulfilling their rights rather than their responsibilities. And I think there are people here this morning, right, who are tired, weary and exhausted of fulfilling their responsibilities. That's what I really believe that God wants to do and wants to minister into that this morning. And I really felt the Lord gave me this verse yesterday uh, from... uh, (coughs) I think it's, it's, it's Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, and it says, it's very famous, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. If you want to be fulfilling your responsibilities, if you want to be a son of God that fulfills the purposes of the Father in your life, you need to come to a place where you realise you are doing it in his strength. Because if you try and fulfil these responsibilities in your own strength, you will basically get exhausted. Because you'll be working so hard to try and be everything that you need to be that you'll basically get fed up and burnt out. Right? And this is what I was thinking about it. Right? God wants to bring you into the family business. God wants to bring you into the family business. I am in the family business. Right? And he trained me up to join the family business, right? Anybody else in the family business? No, there's no one else here that's got a family business, right? But like, my, you know, your brothers, so dad, daddy, Alice's daddy, right? Big Mike, right? Has for a long time been a builder. And his two sons, or he's got three sons, but two of his sons, right, were a little bit wayward for a little bit of a time. And basically over time, he's kind of basically helped teach them responsibility. And now the three of them are as a team doing building. And it's a great pleasure to him to bring his two sons into the family business. And this is what I believe God is saying this morning. He wants you to partner with him. He wants you to partner with him in the ministry, right? To fulfil his dreams, not your dreams. God wants you to fulfil his dreams, not, not your dreams. And so I want to challenge you this morning. Are you eating and drinking regularly? of the Lord are you listening to his wisdom are you doing things which you ought not to do because you've never asked God whether or not you should do it have you given up things that God has asked you to that God never asked you to give up because you got tired and weary and I believe there are people here this morning that are trying to fulfill their responsibility they're trying to do what God wants them to do but they just become tired And the truth is you've become tired because you're just trying to do it in his strength. God wants to bring you into the family business. And when God brings you in, he will give you the strength and the the energy to do that. And this morning, I just want to finish by really um, having a time, just a short time of prayer. And I would like you just to, um, if you know this morning, you're... You're trying to fulfill the responsibility of a son or a daughter of God and you're just feeling weary and tired. Rather than saying, oh, it's my right to do this and that, I want the Lord to fill you up with his strength. Let's just stand, shall we?